Recovery Radio, KMP3, Thousand Oaks. listening to the recovery radio podcast on kmp3 i am a member of alcoholics anonymous and i will be your host you can email me at sarcasticbigbook at gmail you can follow me on instagram at sarcastic.aa.book Go to my websites, recoveryradiokmp3.com. As always, I'm so glad you're here with me. I don't know if your day is just getting started or it's just winding down or it's somewhere right in the middle, but here we are. You and me. And I am glad for that. Very grateful I have no desire to drink today. Where I am, as I record, it's a beautiful Sunday morning here. And uh, it's very windy. You might hear the wind chimes in the background. It's very, very windy today. So if you hear anything in the background, that's what's going on. Hear that? I don't know if you can hear that or not. I have a piping hot cup of French roast coffee in front of me, mixed with some uh, Don Francisco's hazelnut. Very methodically, I open a can of Don Francisco's, pour it in a thing of Tupperware, and then very methodically open a bag of French roast (laughs) from Trader Joe's. And I very methodically shake the container for a second or use a whisk. It's very... I'm a barista. Today, I want to talk about intuitive thoughts. I want to share a story with you about a time which an an intuitive thought really changed the course of events in my life. I was sober about six months. And I can say that pretty confidently because my friend... Bill, who was not sober at all at that time, um, was about to get sober. And he got sober in April of 1990. So anyways, it was about six months sober. And um, I was on my way to an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting. I was 18 years old. And... um, about to turn 19. I stopped by Bill's house. Bill was on a lot of drugs. Bill was shaking. Bill was telling me that God hated him and it was Armageddon and the world was about to end any second. He just knew it. And he was just 
trembling and I said, do you want to go with me to a meeting? I'm on my way to a meeting now. And I was on my way to a men's stag meeting. And he agreed. I was going to come with him. And um, I got off of the freeway to go to this men's stag meeting. You got off this freeway. If you turn right, um, that's where the meeting was. And that was my plan. That was my, what I was playing out of my head. That was what I wanted to do. That was what I said I was going to do. And when we got off of the freeway, I still remember it. For some reason, I remember it like it just happened. I don't remember. I don't know why. But for some reason, when I got off of the freeway, I was I was in the right lane to turn right to go to the meeting. And I had a very faint thought that just said, turn left and go to the 12 and 12 study instead. I don't know why. So I just, my car just glided over to the left and then I turned left and I went to that meeting instead. Bill didn't know whether to shit or go blind. He didn't know what was going on. So he didn't care where we went. So we went to this 12 and 12 meeting where we read one of the steps from the 12 and 12, went around, everybody read a paragraph or whatever. And during that meeting, Bill had the spiritual experience that changed his life, that caused him to get sober. He had a spiritual experience right there and was never the same. And I remember the look on his face. We were in Denny's sometime after and, and, and he was standing in the aisle. I might have mentioned it on here a long time ago, but he was standing in the aisle because back then Denny's was like, it was like, a, I don't know. It, it was the place to be. It was a hangout. Everybody was there. Everybody knew everybody. It was just the place to go. And so he was standing there in the middle of the aisle talking to somebody. And he had an expression on his, in his face. And I had known him for years and years. He had an expression on his face I'd never seen. He had light inside him I had never seen. And I think about that story sometimes because there's a lot there to talk about for me. I didn't, I guess the big thing is I wasn't so stuck on a specific plan or outcome. I was present. I didn't bombard my intuitive thought with fears and doubts. I just, I think looking back was present enough to hear something that faint. 
I don't know. I'm not any kind of an expert on anything whatsoever. These are just my own thoughts about my own limited understanding about what happened on that evening. But looking back, that's what I suspect. It's just that I was present enough to and open enough to go with it. And what would have happened if I didn't is moot. It doesn't matter. It's unanswerable. I don't know. But what did happen as a result of that is really interesting. And for some reason, that's just a moment I remember turning left when my plan for hours was to turn right. And then when it got to that actual moment, I turned left instead. And I'm, it stands out because I wasn't even thinking about why I was doing it. I was thinking about how the fact I was thinking about at the time how I didn't know why I was doing it. I wasn't like thinking to myself even, well, he'll like this meeting better or this will be better for him or I want to go to this meeting instead of that one. It wasn't there was no there was no thought attached. And after that, I started to think that maybe. I started to think more and more that maybe there's a lot to that and to think about and I don't know. So I wanted to share that. Talk about being present a lot. I personally believe that's the plot of all of this I could be actually present can't really be present and in fear or anxiety and all that stuff so I think the objective is to be present so I could be actually useful to everyone around me by hopefully getting out of the way and um, being able to demonstrate something meaningful spent a lot of time, like I've shared many times on here, with a very loud brain, lots of action going on, <laughs> and how funny it is to think that the voice of God is manic, <laughs> or rushed, or worried, or panicked. Hey, listen, listen, listen. Listen to this. This is, this is, listen, here's the thing. Here's the thing though. Okay. Here's the deal. Okay. So today, okay. So we're going over this thing today. We're going to go. And here's the, it's like all of that I have come to believe for myself is self. None of that is 
itself. I have come to believe that it's self. That whenever my head talks like that, I'm not listening to anything valuable. That's me. You can disagree, but that's how I feel about it. Hey, man, but sometimes there's serious stuff going on. You got to just jump, you know. Hey, man, my, my, I, I hear you, but my situation is different, you know. This is time sensitive. I know. I know. I know. I know. I will say that everything I do in Alcoholics Anonymous is... Um, you know, for the purpose of me getting quiet and still and being present so I could hear. You know, again, you can disagree with all this, but My experience is that God is never freaking out. God's never panicking. I am. God's not, like, stressed out. If I feel stressed, it's not the universe saying, hurry, it's me. That's how I feel about it. I shared it on here a long time ago that one day... I was sober for 20 years. Hadn't brought my original big book to a meeting and it had been about 17 years since I had brought my original big book with me to a meeting. And one day I was on my way out the door basically and I just had a little quiet thought, bring your original big book. I don't know why. And again, I didn't, I just go with that. I don't, I don't analyze it. I don't I try not to. If it's coming, if, 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 if I don't recognize it as being self-centered, if I recognize it as not being self-centered, I just go with it. So I wasn't bringing the book. The thought wasn't, I want people to see me. I wanted, I want, the thought wasn't, I didn't have self-seeking or dishonest or self-pity motives. So I just didn't question it. Just brought the book. If I have a thought that doesn't isn't attached to those motives to the best of my discernment, I just go with it. I don't question it. I don't dump a bunch of fear on it. I don't dump a bunch of doubt on it. Skepticism, cynicism. I just, if I could recognize the thought doesn't have any of those things, I just go with it. I don't question it. So I picked up my old original big book, got it out of a cabinet went to the meeting I'm standing out in the front of the meeting there's a few people that I've never seen and this was a meeting I was going to seven days a week at this point and there were three people out in front of the meeting I had never met before and I was showing them my book and I'm showing them the names in the book and I'm like here's this guy he, this, this phone number is my sponsor this guy here died sober this guy's still sober 
this guy, I don't know what happened to him. This guy here, he's the guy who gave me my book. Just as I said this, a woman next to me puts her one of her hands over her mouth and the other one on my shoulder really hard. And then points to the name and says, that's my dad. He has terminal cancer. He's dying. He has six months to live. He's in Arizona. Here's his phone number. It was unbelievable. I mean, I told a couple people at that meeting. I remember we were sitting in the meeting. We were just all glowing. We just felt this. It was just amazing what had happened. I decide to bring my original big book with me to a meeting for the first time in 17 years and open it up next to the daughter of the person who gave it to me. So I called him and I said, you don't remember me, but he gave me my original big book and 20 years ago and I'm still sober. And he was quiet for a long time and then he said, God works in mysterious ways, don't he? We ended up having dinner and going to a meeting together before he passed away. Anyways, we will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us is in the big book, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about situations that baffled me. I'm just talking about trying to keep the channel open so that I could be still quiet enough to hear little suggestions like turn left, get that book, little quiet, unselfish thoughts that don't seem to make sense at the time. But again, if I could discern there is no self-will attached to it, it's not a perfect science. I'm not saying, not claiming anything. But if to the best of my ability, I can see that there's no, it's not coming from self-pity or dishonest or self-seeking motives, I run with it. I just do it. Lots of stories like that. Anyways. I want to give a shout out to Happy Joyous and Three, Super Gratitude's podcast, Anonymous Recovery podcast, podcast greater than yourself. That's not in the book podcast. Say hello to Jenna today, Alex the girl, Stephanie, Taylor. Uh, I have a big long list of people. I'll stop there for now. Save my friends in Canada. Hi. I'll say to anybody who needs to hear it, everything is okay. I am going to be interviewed today, if you want to read this, for a magazine called... Um, Sexiest Sober Stud Stallions Weekly. No, Sexiest Sober Stallions Weekly, I think is what it is. I'm the cover. And um, I'm just kidding. That's all just, that's so dumb. 
It's so dumb. Usually when people ask me for my phone number, I'll say, I'll give them a few real numbers and then I'll say that it spells out stallion. I don't know why. It just happened to be that way. Sometimes they'll start to write that down. It's not true. All right. I'm out of here. I do not know why my life was saved, but I am going to go try to live a life that was worth saving and I hope you'll do the same.